0: Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. We are in a time of uncertainty, but one thing we can be certain about is that Jesus loves to give us peace. And how do I find peace in uncertain times? You'll learn more about the peace that comes from God. Enjoy this week's message. Well, I wanna thank you so much for joining me for this special message in this very unique time in the life of our country and in the lives of people. I'm Very honored to have the opportunity to have the chance to share with you and to talk with you a little bit about how to face this time, how to really approach it. And one of my life desires as a pastor is to equip you. So I hope the next few moments that we have together that I can equip you. I wanna welcome those that are watching us in our Keller community. Maybe you're a part of our Keller campus. I wanna welcome those in the McKinney area that are part of our McKinney campus. Welcome those in the Hazlitt area. We have a new campus that is Beginning and starting, we had around 800 of you gather at Christmas time, and we had an interest meeting with over 400 and something of you that I had a chance to go and meet with. And you're giving, and you're excited, and so I want to welcome all of you. And maybe you're a new person to this environment, maybe you're just checking us out. A friend invited you. We're so glad that you're here. I want to welcome another group of you, and that is people all over the country, and some even internationally. Uh, that watch us here at Milestone Church online and you have clicked clicked into that live.milestonechurch.com and I've met several of you that come in for special services or come in to visit family and I've had a chance to shake your hand. So I just want you to know that I'm thinking about all of you in this time and I'm so glad to have the chance to share with you just a little bit. And I've been thinking about you in general as uh, things just continue to escalate with the coronavirus. And then I'm also thinking about many of you in the area of finances and the things that that many of you are facing. And I've heard from some of you. I've had a chance to pray with some of you. Our team obviously is is continuing to pray for and to look for ways to resource our community. And uh, so I just want you to know that I've been thinking about you and I've been praying for you. And uh, we're, we're looking for opportunities uh, to serve our community. We're asking our city leaders. Uh, in fact, there's, there's several type of moments and one significant conference call this weekend where we're, we're having a chance to connect with community-wide, city-wide, statewide leaders. We're just trying to be wise about listening to those health officials, but yet also being present. And so we're just, we're thinking of ways to to partner like here in Keller with our community storehouse that feeds children uh, who are now out of school uh, on spring break and their their parents and families de- depend on the school lunch and and just different things from taking care of our elderly that we do all year long and and dropping off groceries for them and and, and we're just looking for any way we could have the opportunity to serve. And and I wanna tell you the reason that we're able to do that. The reason we're able to respond in moments like this is uh, you are a generous church. I tell you that all the time, but you are day in and day out, week in and week out, a generous church. Your generosity and the financial stewardship of our team has positioned us in a place where we are looking for those needs and looking for the opportunity to serve people. So thank you for being faithful in your generosity. The, the next thing is, is I want to continue to equip you. So throughout this process, um, I'm going to, on my social media channels, um, I'm going to be daily trying, and at least every other day, uh, trying to give you some type of encouragement. So uh, like after this weekend services, I'll be posting some things through the weekend about what's happening in our services, but then on Monday, maybe evaluating what happened and, tell you some stories about what happened online. And we're, we're, this is a very fluid situation. So if I get any reports of ways we can help others and serve others, uh, if you're not following me, I encourage you to do that because it'll be the only way I can stay in touch with you uh, through this process. I'll, I'll be doing maybe some interview style things uh, with some of our pastors on the team. Uh, I'll also be offering you some devotionals and, and just, just a voice from the pastor you know, you're, you're staying up to date with what's going on and, and thank God for us being able to have outlets to information that helps us have a little bit of peace about what's happening, although a lot of that many times just fuels our fears. So I just wanna be a voice of encouragement and the voice of the pastor to be able to encourage you throughout the journey. And of course, you can follow us as well at, at our Milestone social media channels as well. And at milestonechurch.com, we'll be updating daily whatever changes happen. And we know that we will not have public gatherings through the 27th. So I'm looking forward to meeting you right here again next weekend, but it is interesting times. It's, it's, it's something I've never experienced before that we have what is called a, a global pandemic, not trying to use hyperbole, but that simply means from the World Health Organization, a, a new disease that is spreading. And there's so many people much more qualified than me that are able to describe some of the challenges and some of the risk related to that and the impact of that. And I know a lot of people are speaking to that. And so I encourage you to just continue to stay tuned to reliable voices on how we can respond practically and with wisdom and that's the reason we as a church are not gathering uh, in in a public setting so that we can be in cooperation with health officials to make wise choices and to care about your safety. But in the meantime, as you are sequestered a lot and pulled away and then kids are out of school and all of that going on, I wanna speak to how do you respond, how do you have peace in uncertain times. I'm gonna ask you if you have your Bibles to turn with me to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 26. We're gonna look at verses three and four together. And I just began to pray for you. I began to think about you. I've been, as you can imagine, multiple conference calls, multiple dialogues, multiple uh, settings where we're asking God for wisdom on how to respond and we're continuing to do that to see how that we can be a blessing to our community. But, but as a pastor, I've been thinking about you. And, and as I said, I'm always thinking about are you equipped? Do, do you have the spiritual equipment I think so many times we get caught up in all the external things and those things are valid and we need to be wise, but but, but, but the truth is we are spiritual beings and we, we have our, our inner emotions and our feelings and our thoughts and all of that is impacted where our spiritual person is anchored and where that spiritual person is approaching. And so I'm always kind of like, Hey, the pastor wants to say something, and as I prayed, I, I just this verse just dropped in my spirit, and so strong this verse in Isaiah twenty-six verse three. Because you know, there's so much going on, and I don't have to remind you of all the things that are happening, or even explain all of those things. But I think at the end of the day, what is the biggest impact on all of this? It's the uncertainty. It's the uncertainty. So you have people saying, Don't panic. Don't panic. I mean, I've even seen a lot of pastors, you know, don't be in fear. You know, just don't panic. But a lot of times people are like, Well, well, I feel like panicking. I, I feel afraid. And so a lot of times we don't know how to be able to respond in a healthy way anchored to the right things. So what our natural progression is, is that we start with a mild grade fear, we then continue to fuel that fear, then we can end up in anxiety and depression and even just, just really end up in a panic. And the problem is when you're really operating out of a great deal of fear and panic, then you don't make wise choices. And so, so, so again, there's so many of us that are just, just the uncertainty. That all depends on your personality too. I'm amazed at myself. I jokingly say I'd like becoming like my dad. The older I get, the more predictable things I like around my life. I have my reading chair and I have my different things and I like my bathroom like I like it. I just want a few of my things there. If my toothbrush is there and a few things, I mean I don't need any hair products, you know, but I just I want those things stable and of course I have a bunch of girls in my house, so that all gets messed up and I have a few things in my car, but here's what I've learned in life. Um, there, there's very few things in life that really are predictable. And, and, and living life means living with some level of uncertainty. So when we have moments like this, uncertainty is heightened. And so we're looking for what can I count on? What, 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 what do I do in this moment? And, and again, personality plays into it. Um, I, I've, I've talked to lots of people and there are some people over here, you know, it's just like, why is everybody panicking? You know, and why is everybody flooding Costco? And of course I was like, well, where are you? And they're like, well, well I'm at Costco, you know? So they're, they're there, but then looking at everyone who's going crazy and showing up to buy everything. Um, and, and here's what I would say. And that is that all of us have some fear about something and what's amazing about fear is, is that it's not rational. And so therefore, if it's our fear, it's real to us. It's very real to us. And so, I mean, we have every, every kind of extreme here. We're like, everything's fine. This is not gonna be a big deal to, to people believing it's the end of the world. Like, and yet again, I wanna say this again pastorally. Based on where you were in your life even before this happened, if you've got thin margins emotionally, you're, you're stressed, you've got family things, then this comes, it just heightens where you are in your soul. You know, thinking about fear, my kids are getting older. And so uh, I, I just, I like, I like little kids and I like their process and kind of the coach in me, the pastor in me loves to help them. So I loved when my kids learned to ride a bike for the first time. I love taking them to theme parks. I love, I love just watching them conquer fears. And so my kids are older now. So I, I have one, my, my little nephew, Isaac, and, uh, last summer he, he, he and I were hanging out. And so he got a chance to kind of start in his process with his fear of swimming pools. Uh, but I will tell you, I love him. Just I always just love to show this because it just makes me laugh. Here, here he is at, at, at his little Thanksgiving party. So he's a cool little pilgrim, but uh, it, it wasn't a pilgrim moment. It was a swimming moment. And this is, this is the truth. He was like a monkey just latched onto me and would not let go and I kept trying to figure out why he wouldn't get in the swimming pool. He'd already done a few uh, swimming lessons and I kept trying to figure out why is this kid so tormented and totally afraid? And I found out that the issue was, after he began to finally be able to verbalize to me, the issue was is he believed that the pool vacuum was gonna suck him up. He, He believed he would go down the drain. He was scared of the drain and the pool vacuum. So we worked through the fear. We kind of pulled the vacuum out. We did work through all the process. And, and finally he overcame his fear. And this is him later in the day after he got uh, totally freed. And of course, you know, he's got the floaties going, which that's the upgraded floaties. We had the little <laughs> blow up floaties. He's got the full blown power floaties and the double rocket water guns to shoot his brothers with, you know. But anyway, he's, he's full on ready and there he is jumping into the pool. Why do I bring that up? That's my little nephew and that was his fear, getting sucked up by the vacuum. Well, I'm gonna tell you this. You, you may say, well, I'm not really afraid of the virus, but you may be afraid of the stock market. You may be afraid of the stock market and, 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 and dealing with that, or you, you, may, you, you may have some other fear going on in your life. You, you, may, you may have fear related to the, the situation with the virus that's real or, or whatever it might be. So, so, so what I find is, is that people who maybe don't have as many financial challenges or worries, they may have health fears or other irrational things or, any, or maybe even rational and legitimate fears. Here, here's the point I'm trying to make. Whatever fear or situation you're walking through, it's real to you. And most of the time it comes from, I like predictable, I like the thing that is certain, I don't like uncertain, I don't like fluid things, I like to be able to count on something and then we don't know how to respond when our world is changed or there's challenges or there's pressures or there's problems. I wanna give you some good news today, okay? The the good news is you can have peace in an uncertain world. I truly believe that we're gonna move past this situation and. I don't know how long it'll take, but we'll move past it. I just want to say that to you. I believe we're going to move past it. But even after we move past it, there could be something else that's going to come into your life or my life. But how do you have peace in an uncertain world? Here's some really good news. The Bible, I don't know how much time you've spent in it, but the Bible is is written on the backdrop of real people in their lives who had less concrete things to depend on than we have today. They were a lot of times believing for the provision of food. They were dealing with famine. They were dealing with even larger health outbreaks, literal plagues and things going on. And I think a lot of times we lose sight of that. You may think this is just a religious book that has a bunch of pious sayings. No, it's filled with real people who were facing uncertain moments along the way. And one of the things that we can take great confidence in is God, who never changes, our world always changes, keeps communicating to us in this book, you can trust me. You can trust me along the way. And it shows us real people's lives that he navigated over to the backside of uncertain moments. You have a guy like Noah where there was a lot of challenges in his culture and he built a boat and he had never rained before. Abraham, who was doing quite well financially and had a place kind of carved out in a certain location and God says, I want you to leave all of this. And he's like, okay, I'll do what you say, God. And he goes, where are we going? And he's like, I'll show you. Moses was navigating millions of people. This is, I'm talking a huge population of people out of slavery in Egypt And he had to depend on this cloud that God would lead him by, this pillar that he would lead him by, and God would say, look, just keep following. Look, there was no iPhone, there was no Waze, there was no app to go to to see how much traffic was ahead. No, it was just keep following, keep following the cloud. The book of Psalms shows us how David had to continue to rely on the the anchoring of himself to God and, and showing the nature of God to us, that he is a shepherd, that he is a protector, that he is a healer. And so he kept relying on that God. The apostle Paul, most of the New Testament written by him. If you read his story, multiple challenges, God sending him over here, planting churches, uncertain moments. In one place he says, look, we are pressed. We, we are being pressed, but we are not crushed. We are not gonna fall into despair. We have hope based on who Jesus Christ is. And so we see this in Jesus himself, and I know you may think he's just a religious fig- figure in a painting with like a weird look, but you have to remember he was God, is God, but he also came and lived as a man. And the Bible tells us he's acquainted with, this is so important. You're like, why would I turn to Jesus in these uncertain moments? I'll tell you why. Because the Bible says he's acquainted with every single fear, anxiety, pressure, sorrow that we could ever experience. He's a Jesus that you can reach out to because you know he's experienced to the greatest degree everything we experience. And I love what Jesus says right before he leaves this earth in John 14. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Peace in uncertain times is a gift from Jesus. You have to receive that peace. Have you even thought about saying, Man, in the middle of this, I'm going to just keep receiving what Jesus has to offer? I know what the news has to offer. I know what my fear has to offer. I know what anxiety can offer. I want to receive what Jesus has to offer. He says, Look, I have something for you. I want to give you peace. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And then he says to us, do not be afraid, which is a common phrase in the Bible over and over. Do not be afraid. Now in the book of Isaiah, that passage I told you to turn to, it is a book that points us to that Jesus. It's a messianic book. It's all about the pictures and the types and the shadows of what God's doing with his people to bring about the birth of Jesus Christ, which gives all of us hope and the promise for the future. And in the middle of this, and I wanna give you the context, and I, I could just preach on Jesus's verse. By the way, I could preach on peace even when there's not some global pandemic. I could preach on it every week because of the anxiety, the depression, the concern, the worry, the fear of our culture today. And and the reason I chose Isaiah is because this, this moment was affecting lots of people in this scene here and in this context. You may not be aware of this, but at the time Isaiah the prophet is writing this book, these the people of God are in captivity. The Assyrians who were some of the most violent people who were some of the most just barbaric people of that day were moving south to Egypt and they were conquering and destroying every little town along the way. Israel being part of that. Now, Israel was not just a geographical state, it is God's people, it's the people from which Jesus would be birthed and the Messiah would come. And so this group of people though, they were not just defined by their geographical boundaries, they were defined by the God that they worshiped, Yahweh God, the true and living God. There was a culture there and a cultural backdrop that produces the biblical story in the person Jesus Christ. And the reason you say, okay, why is this important? They're in a time period of great fear because their economic well-being, their, their culture, their worship is affected. They're, they're, they're being affected on a broad scale. And, and I know it's kind of hard to take yourself into it. You think, I'm just giving you a history lesson. No, no, I want you to think about where they would be in terms of their, their, their anxieties and their fears and their worries because of the way their way of life was being affected. So in the middle of that, and in the Old Testament, God would speak through prophets, priests, and kings. So in the middle of that, there's encouragement from God, but there's also, if you will, a prophetic voice, meaning God is speaking to his people through the mouth of a person. So I'm not myself just saying, hey, I'm saying this to you, I'm leaning on what scripture is saying, but I'm asking you not to just see it as words. I'm asking you to see it as God talking to you. Let's read these, verse, these verses together. You will keep, keep. We don't know what's even gonna happen in the next few days. We don't know how this is gonna increase. We don't know what we're facing globally. We don't know what we're facing economically or physically, but it says, you will keep in perfect peace. Who? All who trust in you. All those, and this is really big and I'm gonna talk about it in a minute. All those who their thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. That's the verse of scripture that I believe God gave you, uh, from, that gave me to give to you. And so I, I believe it's a powerful, powerful verse. I think about a time in my life when I went through a real season of uncertainty. It's part of my story. I feel like I talk about it a lot, but you know, it it is my story and with a new wife and a senior pastor of a church, I, I went through a real challenging time as I resigned from my church due to a whole host of different issues and circumstances and took my new wife, I left behind all of my contacts, all of my network, all of my friends and I, I mean, it was a real scary time. And I, I just believe God was calling me to step out. And a lot of what we experience today at Milestone is because 20 plus years ago, God said, I want you to step out. I want you to speak on my behalf. I want you to, to care about those that are forgotten. I want you to do some things different. And I remember when God called me to step out and do that, how uncertain it was to not really know where I would go from there. And in fact I I didn't have a job. I moved my wife in with my in laws. I felt like a loser. My wife cried every single day. And I'll never forget the first day after kind of all of that took place in this big transition and I'm living with my in laws. I woke up the next morning and I was just discouraged. I was worried about the future. Again, I felt I felt like a loser because I I, I, here I am, Baylor graduate and senior pastor. And here I am with my wife and all my belongings. And I'll never forget my father-in-law. He really tried to encourage me. I, I have to be honest. I, I didn't have a good attitude. I didn't want him to encourage me. But later that day, he said, hey, let's take a trip. Let's, let's just get out of the house. And so I thought, okay. And he drove me out to a little country town out west of where, where I live here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. But we, 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 we drove out there west. And we, we stopped at a little church there and there's a pastor there and we sat in his office and I'll never forget what he said. You know, because remember, he had conquered some of those swimming pool fears. He, he had already been through some battles. He'd been through some circumstances. And he, and he just says, I sat across the desk from him he looked at me, he said, Jeff, it's gonna be okay. God has something for you. Now it didn't stop all my fears, but man, it was so powerful. I believed it was from God. He was speaking it to me and it just calmed me because I started having confidence that God has a plan. Well, I wanna do what that pastor did for me that day. I just want right there in your home, right there with your family, right there with your kids, I wanna say to you, God has a plan for you. It's gonna be okay. I can't tell you everything you're gonna face, but I know this. Jesus said, I'm gonna give you peace even in uncertain times. I wanna give you, as we close together, I want to give you a few things you can do. How do you find peace? Because again, people are saying, don't panic, don't freak out. But people are going, okay, well, like, how do I do that? What do I do? I want to give you a few practical steps. How do you do it? Number one, you have to respond to God. See, the the fact of the matter is, no matter what's going on in your world or around the world, No matter how crazy things get in any time period or in any season of your life, the only way you really have peace is not from the outside in, it's from the inside out. And the only way you have peace is if you have peace with God. That you know, again, a lot of people are like, okay, reach out to God, respond to God. I mean, like, I don't know if I can count on God. I don't know what God's promises are to me and that's because you don't really know how much God loves you and the links he went to to bring peace between you and him. He's a perfect God, we're an imperfect people. I know this is strong language, but the Bible says that before we receive Jesus Christ into our lives, I, we're actually battling God. We're like enemies with God, like we're not working on the same team. We're not working toward the same goal. And so what happens is when you receive Jesus, he comes to live on the inside of you. And there's a peace there. All of your imperfections, the links that Jesus went to, to bridge the gap between us and him. He lived the life we could never live. He paid the price that we could never pay. He sacrificed his life. He rose from the dead. And I want to tell you today, maybe in this moment, I'm not saying God caused this for this to happen, but he can use this to help get through to you. If you're trusting in something else other than him, this could be the moment where you realize, you know what, I'm not right with him. I'm not in a right place with him. And he may have been working on you. This is the catalytic moment for you to finally say, I'm surrendering my life to Jesus Christ. I love to tell the story, I tell it often of a guy after one of our services. He was, he had been in religious services his whole life. He was in his 60s. And I said, you know what? You don't earn your way in that service. I said, you don't earn your way to peace with God. You don't make it happen. You don't do enough religious stuff. You have to receive it as a gift that comes from the life of Jesus Christ. And you really just have to surrender. Jesus did all of it. He paid the price. He hung on the cross. He said, it is finished. But really the hardest thing is not even understanding really that Jesus made the way for us to have a perfect relationship with God. It's the faith to say, I'm going to step out and say yes. I'm going to yield, I'm going to surrender. And that's hard for us that are, are well put together achieving people. And so when we hear, "Oh wow, I just need to surrender. I just need to say yes. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And I'll never forget when this man, well put together, nice jacket, tears in his eyes, he'd been crying the whole service, looked at me and said, I wish someone would have told me that it's that easy. I've been trying to earn it my whole life as a good church person. I didn't know it was a gift. There's a gift available for you. And you know what happens when you receive that gift you then now have a relationship where no matter what you're facing, peace comes. When I was studying in college to be a pastor, I'll never forget, I did an internship with a chaplain at a local hospital. I was amazed at the anointing and supernatural gift God had put on him to comfort people in crisis. And I would go with him and I would sit in there and as someone who sat in those hospital rooms with a father who's passed away and a child who has an illness, I have a greater appreciation with with, with what is really entailed. At this time in my life, I hadn't had a lot of challenging things. Spending six months with my dad in ICU, but as a young college student, I was amazed at how he could bring comfort to people. After three or four moments with him, I asked him, I said, what's the secret? How do you know what to say? And he said something to me that changed my life forever as someone for over 20 plus years has lived with people in crisis, in problems. He said, Jeff, it's not about what you say. It's about the presence that you have there to show them that you love them, that you care about them. They feel safe just when someone is there to say, it's gonna be okay and pray with them and love them. It changed me forever. And so I I didn't have the pressure to go, I gotta answer all the questions. Do you know what we're facing today? I can't answer all the questions. But I know this, that God wants to show you more than a chaplain, more than me even saying it's gonna be okay, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, he can come to you in a new, fresh, powerful way like you've never experienced with him before. In fact, you may be thinking, man, I'm gonna go stir crazy. My kids are at home. What if God has created a moment for us? I'm not saying he caused this pandemic, but what about God can use this moment, maybe for us to slow down from the hustle and bustle of our lives and this could be some time where we afresh and anew, a connect with the Jesus who knows us, who created us, who died for us. His gospel, the li- his life is good news and it's not just a gospel that gets us to heaven, it's a gospel that sustains us here and now. So what if this is a time for us to grow in him and walk with him and be filled with who he is and be filled with peace. I just wanna encourage you with that. The second thing is recognize your source. Uncertain and challenging times reveal to us where we put our trust. They just do, they show us. Pressure doesn't create, pressure just reveals and shows. When you push toothpaste, toothpaste comes out. When you squeeze an orange, orange juice comes out. Why, because that's what's inside. And when these kind of moments come, when the stock market starts falling, when jobs and situations, and I'm not being insensitive, that pressure just reveals where our source is. And I, I, I would think that the older you get, the easier it is to trust and not be afraid. But the fact of the matter is, you, you may not just get older and get better, you may just get older. You may just have uh, have just more Time, but not necessarily really maturing in your trust in Jesus being your source. Can I encourage you with this? Beyond this current challenge and crisis, as we live through life, we have more to be responsible for. We have more to lose. We're moving toward more challenging times in our life. The the fact is we have to settle it. We have to, and I know we have to keep coming back to it. I do too. I know you may think I don't have any problems, but I'm gonna tell you, raising kids, pastoring a church, all the things, I have to keep reminding myself, God is my source. God is my source of peace. I'm not trusting something on the external. And if you wanna have peace, you have to just settle that. Here's the third thing, remember the faithfulness of God. Why do I say remember? Because the battle is won in the thinking realm for peace. And I wanna tell you, I, I, I myself have to do this. Negativity is the natural flow. Fear is the natural way you go. It's easy to go that way. But peace and confidence in God requires you go against the grain. I wanna read you a verse of scripture that I love. It's one of my favorite. I have to remind myself of it often. Finally, brothers and sisters, the apostle Paul speaking, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And then Paul starts equipping. He says, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you when you connect to this understanding of thinking and how our thinking affects us. Can I encourage you? You wanna stay up to date with what's going on but you can't sit there over the next several weeks just consistently refreshing your feed and receiving negativity and and expect to have peace. You gotta connect. That's why I'm gonna try to offer you some other sources, but you gotta connect to the word of God. You gotta think on the right things. So, so important for us. Here's the fourth, reveal where your hope comes from. And this is where we get into where peace is an interesting thing Jesus is the prince of peace. Jesus laid down his life, emptied himself to live a life of sacrifice for you and I. He's the prince of peace. When he lives inside of us, here's how it works. There's a dimension of peace that comes from sowing it out of your life. And understand it's a little complicated now for us to do that because of us being having social distancing. But, but I don't know, maybe God's gonna show you some creative way to, to provide hope. Here's what I really believe, in moments of challenge, in moments of crisis, in global pandemics, the church has the greatest opportunity on the backdrop of darkness to be what Jesus said we are, the city set on a hill. So you know what, don't get in a fight with people online about negative things during this time. Use right now this opportunity to influence others for the hope that's found in Jesus and the life and peace we have in him. Share life, be a life-giving person. I don't know, maybe drop off some of your extra hand sanitizer to your neighbor, your extra toilet paper. I really don't know. know. Give resources so that we can help those around us. As I told you, we're looking for ways to be a blessing. We haven't solved that, but I do know this. We're on the lookout for the opportunity to be an, be an answer to the prayer of someone around us and help them with their anxieties and fears. And every time I think about that, that provides me hope and peace because Jesus keeps filling that spot as we give him away to a greater degree. I wanna tell you, I've heard multiple stories and I just I want you to know I'm praying for you. I care about you. I'm concerned about where you're at. I've heard stories of people that are concerned about their jobs. We, we have the financial industry here in our area, and people are concerned because of the stock market. We have a a huge hub airport here, and there are people concerned in the travel industry. Uh, there, There are people obviously concerned about the medical crisis. I heard about nurses who are single moms and concerned about childcare and and, and, and we're gonna pray and we're gonna begin to ask God and, and together within our community, we're gonna come together and look for ways to solve those. But I, I know if you're personally facing one of those things that God wants to meet you. I heard about a guy say, I, I have a brother-in-law who's sick and he's stuck in Germany. I've got a business that's struggling. I've got uh, a whole bunch of things. My daughter has chosen this time to kind of go off the wrong path and his statement when he wrote his small group was and how's everybody else doing? I don't know the extent of what you're facing, but I know this, whatever times we face, in uncertain times and in seasons of plenty, we can anchor ourselves to that verse in Isaiah that tells us that God wants to give us peace in the midst of our challenges and in our times of trouble. I wanna take this moment right now, right where you are, just to pray for you. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads with me. And Father, I pray right now. Lord, I pray for people that do not know you, that do not have a relationship with you, that they would say, Jesus, here's my life. I give it to you. I surrender myself to you, Jesus. I believe you died for me, rose from the dead. I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. If you prayed that prayer, there's a link there for you and I'm asking to you to link to it and we're gonna have pastors ready to follow up with you and to talk to you about your new relationship with Jesus. Second of all, Lord, I pray for those that are concerned. There's, there's, there are things out there, Lord, that they are afraid of that haven't even come to pass, but some are concerned based on the things that they are dealing with. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that when we live in times of uncertainty, You are a God who we can anchor ourselves to. Jesus, we thank you that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, we thank you for that gift of peace and we receive it today. I pray everybody listening to me right now, Lord, they're receiving peace. In fact, right where you are, just say, Jesus, I receive your peace supernaturally. And and Jesus is gonna give you the opportunity to give it away, away to someone else. Now, I want you to look right here with me. I'm, I'm so thankful that you joined me for this message. and I wanna share with you, as we close our service, I wanna share with you just a, a few things. One is next week, I'm gonna start a new series. I'll be showing you some insights into that, but I'm starting a new series called Promises and uh, I'm excited about it. I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about the promises that Jesus gives us even in the last days of his life as we're leading up to Easter. He makes some incredible promises to us and a lot of people don't know what they, they are. Did you know we have, a, we have an agreement? I'm gonna give you a big biblical word. We have a covenant with God, which is more than a contract. There's some things we can count on when it comes to what Jesus has promised us. And I wanna to talk to you about some of those things because sometimes people will be like, I wanna know what those are. I wanna know what I can count on. I wanna know some of the promises Jesus made to us. And I wanna to talk to you about why they're not just words, why it's not just you know, just some, some statement, but it's something we can actually count on because it's backed up by the nature and character of God. And it can help you with things like, how do I know if God hears my prayers? How do I know if God's listening when I'm, I'm, I'm reaching out for help? How do I know that I'm gonna spend eternity with God? How do I know that he wants to be with me? How do I know if he won't leave me like other people in my life? So we're gonna be talking about this message series entitled Promises. The next thing I wanna tell you is, is because over the next... Little while we can't gather, we can't pass offering containers. Many of you give online. If you haven't started giving online, if you would consider giving online, um, it's a great convenient tool. Brandy and I, we we automate so many things in our life that are important. And one of the things we do is we automate our tithe we just, uh, we just do it online and, and right when we get paid, then we just automate that, that tithe. And so I wanna, I wanna encourage you with giving online and uh, also as you tithe, that obviously provides for our ability uh, to continue to serve people and reach people and build lives. And then also any offerings that you give are gonna give us the possibility to help and serve others. There's several ways to do that. There's again, online giving, which is great. There's text to give. Um, and so you simply text tithe in the dollar amount uh, to that number that's provided there for you. And of course you can mail in your gift or you can drop it off in person. We will have someone here at the facility. And so thank you for uh, you continuing to be a generous church. Once again, I am so grateful for the opportunity to share with you this message, finding peace and how you find it in uncertain times. You can have it no matter what's going on in your life. And you know what? This can be a deposit in your life for whatever you face in the future. I want you to know I'm praying for you. Our team's praying for you. We've had pastors there in that chat room with you, and they're gonna keep being there as long as we do online church and other volunteers and people ready to serve you. So you reach out to us if there's anything we can do. And uh, I'm gonna be providing updates again at my social media channels. And so I look forward to having a chance to connect with you. Uh, One of the things I'm gonna do on Monday is tell you about the weekend, how many people were online, some stories, some of the cool stuff that's going on. So please follow me there. And I want you to know, again, we are thinking about you. We're praying for you. Please pray for us as we try to make wise decisions in these uncertain times. And all of us can be guaranteed that we have a promise from God that he wants to bring peace. Thank you for worshiping with us. Maybe you and your family or friends might, after this service, sit around and ask one another, what did you get out of the service? What did you get out of the message? And have a moment of learning together. And I look forward for the next time we can connect online. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.